The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show. Today, you'll hear the truth in wealth building from the team at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. The truth in wealth building knowledge is brought to you every week on the Financial Focus Radio Network. Good morning. Welcome to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. My name is Tyler Simonis. Daka over there is Josh Finelli, and we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Here in the great Pacific Northwest, I am back. Uh, Josh did a dandy of a job last week uh, running the show while I was in Las Vegas with my son at a baseball tournament. I feel like that's disingenuous. Did you even listen to the show? Uh, sure I did. <laughs> <laughs> I Yes, I did. I, I mean, no, I didn't. Sorry. No, no, you didn't. Uh, but I don't have to listen to the show. I know you were brilliant. I mean, I was told by, who was I told by? Somebody. Oh, our friend in Texas. Oh, yeah. I got secondhand yeah. knowledge that our friend in Texas told it. Told it. Anyways, um, I, and I was in Las Vegas where it was 83 degrees every day. And not, not that I want to move to Las Vegas, but man, I think I'm a warm weather person. It was really nice to be in warm weather. And I, I just like Vegas immensely. But, I, you know, going, it, being at a tournament, we were going to places in Vegas that I had never been. And um, man. Uh, it's it's really nice in, in October, November when it's warm and it's freezing cold here. And, and it looks like it's going to be a wet winter, which we certainly need, but it's going to make for a miserable Tyler. Dismal outside for the next couple months, for sure. Uh, where it's not dismal and it's rainbows and butterflies it's is in the capital markets. Uh, and the Fed reaffirmed that. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But... Uh, man, oh man, what is going on in the capital markets? All parts. It's it's crazy. And, and uh, you know, if there aren't already bubbles, there are certainly bubbles forming. I I tend to think uh, bubbles are forming. Um, the problem with bubbles is is markets can be irrational longer than people can be solvent. So, what happens is the, the craziness that's happening now could go another five years uh, it, because we have the most hawkish Fed in the history of the uh, dovish. dovish. Sorry, dovish yeah. Fed in the history of the Federal Reserve, and so. Uh, they they apparently like building bubbles, and the problem with bubbles is when they pop uh, and they have no ammunition to deal with them, it can be very uncomfortable. So let's talk about the week that was in the capital market. U.S. stocks, as measured by the S&P 500, were 2% higher last week. Uh, all-time highs, of course. International developed markets were up 1.5% last week. The emerging markets were uh, only up about a half a percent last week, where we saw the unbelievable outperformance. I think probably the biggest outperformance in a five-day stretch uh, in quite some time was in the small-cap market. Small-cap stocks were up over 6%, depending on what you look at. But um, we saw a huge move higher in small-cap stocks. It was just this relentless march higher last week in the small-cap market. And um, you know, we I, I personally am overweight small cap. I have a pretty healthy dose of small cap in all of my accounts, my kids' accounts, my accounts. Uh, and so obviously I'm always watching what's going on there. We've but. been harping on the reopening trade uh, for a long time. Remember, it sort of peaked out uh, end of the first quarter of 2021. March 31st was sort of the beginning of the flat line for, you know, a good eight months. And 
small cap value specifically trounced the S&P this week. Yeah, I mean, and you look at a trailing one-year number on small caps, it's it's insane, uh, you know, up 60%, over 60% on a trailing one-year. And then what's also funny is now if you look at five- and ten-year numbers for small caps, um, they're actually outperforming large caps over those periods, over 15% annualized, which is, is crazy to see. Uh, in the bond market, we saw another significant move. We saw yields move lower in the bond market, and which meant prices were higher. The yield in the 10-year Treasury uh, was at 1.45%. So that was quite interesting to see because we'll talk a little bit more about what the Fed said. Um, and apparently the bond market wasn't believing what they had to say. Uh, gold was higher at eighteen seventeen an ounce, and oil traded about $3 lower last week at $81.36 a barrel. So the big news last week from an economic standpoint was on Friday we got the October jobs report. U.S. economy added 531,000 jobs, and the unemployment rate dropped to 4.6%, both of which were better than expected. Uh, most of the jobs were created in the much-needed leisure and hospitality industry, and actually government lost about 73,000 jobs. So, um, you know, I find it unbelievably interesting. You know, when I was in economics in college, uh, full employment meant essentially 4% or 4 or 4.5%. That meant for, full employment in the United States, which is where we are. Uh, and if I went to my college professors in 1998 and I said to them, uh, Bar, I had this guy from Iran as my uh, one of my economics professors, and if I said to him, uh, Barak, uh, guess what? In the year 2021, we're going to have unemployment at 4.6%. Uh, the stock market's going to be trading at all-time highs. Risk assets in general are going to be trading at all-time highs. Yet interest rates are—inflation is going to be at 5.4%, but interest rates are going to be zero— and the Federal Reserve is going to be buying $120 billion worth of bonds in the open market every month. He would have said, get out of my class. You don't know what you're talking well, about. Well, throw in a 61.5% labor force participation rate in there, and uh, it's definitely something that would confound any professor uh, over the last century and a I half. I wonder what they do, like what they, what they say about it. The Phillips curve is dead. Yeah, I mean, you know, so a lot of those textbooks, what they said in those textbooks, I mean— Adam Smith is rolling over in his grave. Well, you know, the invisible hand is not allowed to do its magic. Also, anymore. if I gave you the jobs number, what would you anticipate yields to have done this week? Gone higher. Yeah, and here we are. But this is what are, happens when you have traders a- have pushed the ten-year down ten basis points oh. and blow out jobs numbers and really meaningful wage growth. This is what um, happens when you have a so-called free market manipulated by uh, a central bank and the, a treasury uh, for a, over a decade. Um, we also had the Fed meeting last week where the Fed, of course, left interest rates unchanged because why wouldn't they leave them unchanged? Uh, when you hear the when you hear the Fed chairman speak, you, you think to yourself, like, what what is he talking about? What economy is he talking about? Uh, you, you know, I know it's not rainbows and butterflies for everybody, but that ne- that's never true in the United States. It's, you know, there's always going to be uh, people that are out of work and, and people that are struggling. That's always going to be true. It always has been true. And so. You know, it, it, we can't live in this utopia, uh, I, I, Jerome. I, it's just not going to happen. Well, and the BLS data, I talked about this when you were gone, but the BLS data showed some really— uh, BLS standing for— uh, Bureau of Labor and Statistics data showed meaningful wage growth uh, coming this week. But, uh, you know, the divergence between— In the third quarter, it was the highest it had ever been. I was ta- And when you were gone, I sort of went through a few of the earnings reports where, you know, these litmus test-style companies that have broad geographic reach, like McDonald's, uh, you know, are reporting wage growth in excess of 10, 11 percent year on year, uh, almost double the official data. And uh, I thought that discrepancy to be quite interesting and something worth watching 
uh, here as we wrap up earnings season and go into the next couple quarters. Well, and the Fed also reaffirmed that they're going to begin their taper. So they're going to start to buy $15 billion less in bonds every month starting at the end of November, the end of this month. And then uh, the futures market is pointing to the Fed raising rates in July of 2022. We'll see if that actually happens. Josh just mentions earnings scenes for about two-thirds of the way through earnings. Uh, and obviously earnings have been banner. Uh, why don't you give us an update there? Yeah, uh, 450 companies, just shy of 450 companies have reported now. This comes from uh, Refinitiv, but um, quarter, third quarter earnings growth up 42%. So, you know, we've seen 25% increase uh, over even the last last week. Um, the surprise factors, 11%, pretty significant. Uh, beat rate is over 81%, so significantly higher than normal. Turning over to the revenue side, over 16% top-line growth in the S&P 500 year-on-year. Uh, year. So really a stellar earnings seasons by any measure. Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny because earnings earnings are ultimately what drive stock prices. And the, and the concern, I think, going into this quarter was, you know, because last year at this time uh, the economy had opened up quite a bit. And so the comps year-over-year year were going to be harder uh, to have big increases. But uh, sure enough, we did have big increases. But it really shouldn't have been a surprise when – the amount of money that was flooded into the system uh, eventually made its way into all parts of the economy, and, and that's why you see huge earnings growth. Um, you know, the Fed is in a really tough spot um, taking away um, the spiking of the punch bowl and what that's going to look like. But, um, you know, they can't manage it forever. They can't say we're never going to have a recession uh, because recessions are key, important parts of an, of an economy like the one we have. And, and to try to say we're never going to have a recession – uh, ultimately means that, you know, King Dollar is going to go away as King Dollar and, and, and bad things will happen long term. If you want to be part of the show, call us 877-670-7117 or go to our website, financialfocusradio.com, and send us an email. When we come back, we're going to talk about what in the heck happened to risk management, not just for the retail investors, but also for financial advisors and their clients. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. The best way to predict the future is to create it. What are you doing to ensure your life is filled with vitality, vigor, and vision? Join AARP for our 2021 Vital Aging Conference. Enjoy thought-provoking sessions on issues that matter to you, from brain health and aging in place to fraud and personal growth. Get information, tools, and inspiration to design the life you want. Pick your sessions and connect with others during this free event. Vital Aging 2021 is November 17th and 18th. Register for free at aarp.org slash O-R. Fall is coming and Finn and Fire and Redmond has been looking forward to it after a long hot summer. They have the gear you need to move from the rivers and lakes to the trails and forests. Finn and Fire is the largest Sitka dealer on the West Coast. Sitka uses state-of-the-art technology and fabrics to make your valuable time in the woods more productive. 
Whether it's breathable base layers or insulation, Sitka makes gear for every kind of hunt. Italian-made crispy boots are getting rave reviews from hunters across Oregon. Crispy boots are in stock at Fit and Fire, and they have a great selection for men and women. Crispy uses Gore-Tex liners and Vibram soles, so you know they'll keep your feet dry and comfortable for those long days on the trail. Don't forget to pick up a new Benchmade hunting knife this year and check out one of the new Mystery Ranch backpacks. Finn and Fire, a fly shop unlike any other. Across from Safeway on Highway 97 in Redmond. Hi, this is Leslie James, and I want to tell you about my friends at OsteoStrong who helped me tackle my osteoporosis. Did you know that one in two women over the age of 50 will break a bone due to osteoporosis? And a man over 50 is more likely to break a bone due to osteoporosis than he is to get prostate cancer. OsteoStrong can not only increase your bone density, but you'll discover better balance, better strength, better posture, and so much more. Discover how 10 minutes one day a week could change your life. Be better. Call OsteoStrong today. Texting enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Come on, one more rep. You got this. There it is. Nice work, man. You're a beast. Thanks, man. I feel better than I have in years. And I got to tell you, taking Nugenics makes a huge difference for me. Nugenics? That's the uh, testosterone booster with TV ads with Frank Thomas. The big hurt, right? Oh, yeah. The patented key ingredient is Testofin, which helps boost free testosterone levels and increase lean muscle mass. Well, it's clearly working for you. Hey, are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try for themselves? Yeah, Nugenics is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. Man, I need to get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. No problem. You just got to send them a text. Text BOTH to 42424 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Plus, text NOW and we'll include a bottle of new Nugenics Thermo, our most powerful fat incinerator ever to help get you back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text BOTH to 42424. That's BOTH to 42424. Connect to the Financial Focus Radio Show on our social networks, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Listen to past shows, get our daily market blog, and keep up to date on market happenings. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. If you would like to take us up on a free retirement review, uh, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, uh, call our office to get that scheduled. That number is 800-743-0988, or you can go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. And send us an email and just let us know you'd like a free retirement review. Uh, this comes from Forbes. Uh, as of the close of stock trading on Monday, uh, October 25th, Elon Musk was worth $255 billion, the first American ever to exceed $250 billion in net worth. Um, an individual spending $10 million, $10 million a day would consume that $250 billion in 68 and a half years. Man, that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Think about what you could do spending $10 million bucks a day. Yeah. I mean, we are seeing uh, in terms of, you know, so people think of like John D. Rockefeller, you know, some of the great Carnegie Mellon, like some of the great wealth uh, that happened at the turn of last century. They think of that as like unbelievable wealth. But the wealth that is being created today dwarfs that 
on an absolute and relative uh, term. I mean, it's it's not even close. Well, the network effects of steel or rail empires just don't even come close to eclipsing. Didn't then, yeah. yeah. There was a lot fewer people on the planet then, right, if you think about it in those terms. But, um, you know, when, when you think about – I mean, so, so first of all, I, I would submit, and people are going to think I'm crazy, like Elon Musk owns a car company. I mean, he's the biggest shareholder in a car company. The car business is awful. I mean, no – no two ways around it. Electric or not, the car business is capital intensive, slow growth. It's not growing. It's growing essentially with population. It's a terrible business. Yeah, you're just and I know stealing, everybody's telling me it's something else. You're just stealing market share from another competitor. And, and and so it's a terrible business. So the idea that this guy's worth 255 billion owning a car business is, is is absolutely laughable to me. And when we do get this inevitable recession and market clearing event, he's not going to become close to the top 25 richest people on the planet. Uh, I promise you that because people will realize, wait a second, Tesla is a car company and, you know, it doesn't, it, 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 it's a bit crappy business and that's all there is to it. And he, he better quickly change it from a car company if he wants to keep that net worth where it is. Um, but I know everybody's going to think I'm a, I'm a Elon Musk and Tesla hater, but, but whatever. Um, before we talk about risk management, I did want to I did want to say this. When you make an investment into something, when you buy something in the market, whether it's an individual stock, whether it's an ETF, whether it's a mutual fund, whatever it might be, if you are not willing to hold that investment for at least ten years, you shouldn't own it for ten minutes. And uh, you know, most people, the way they're investing today, that's not how they're thinking. So you know, I, I mean. You should want to own it forever, essentially. Like I, I buy stuff that I I buy it and I forget it. I, it's not something that I ever think I'm going to sell, or if I sell it, it'll be you know to create liquidity when I retire. And so most of you don't think in those terms. Most of you think of like when you're buying an individual stock, you're not thinking I'm going to own this thing for ten years. And if you thought in those terms, you would make much better investments. Uh, and so that's what I want a lot of you to think about. Okay, so let's talk about risk management. You know, Josh, when you think about risk management, um, I, I think, you know, your generation, you're a little bit different because of what you do. But uh, and maybe hopefully some of my influence and some of the people that you followed, uh, because you've never really seen a significant bear market uh, with with duration since you've been a professional. Uh, and so you get lulled into thinking that somehow this time it's different. You know, I was I was. I was watching this deal where, you know, the margins in the S&P are the greatest they've ever been. The profit margins in the S&P, and they talk about, you know, software as a service and all of these different things creating these margins that we've never seen in the S&P. But all industries, all businesses eventually mature, and the free market, you know, makes that go away. The, the stock market is going to grow essentially in line with the U.S. economy uh, dividends and, and a little bit of risk premium. Over time, that's going to be true. Anytime you hear somebody say this time it's different and that person doesn't know what they're talking about, they're just flat out wrong. It, it, you you just can't – the stock market cannot grow faster than the U.S. economy. I heard this analogy that, that, that I think of is really great. If you think of uh, – uh, if Josh was walking through Drake Park and he had a leash that was 35 feet long and his dog was on the leash and J Josh has an Australian shepherd, so they're high energy. And Josh was walking in a straight line, slowly in a straight line at four miles an hour. Josh represents the U.S. economy. He's walking at four miles an hour. U.S. economy grows about 4% a year. Now, the dog is going to be running all over the place, going to the bathroom, chasing sticks, right? That's the stock market. But essentially, the dog and Josh are going to go to the same place over time. 
And so it, 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 that's like the analogy that people need to understand about stocks. Like if the economy grows at 4 percent and then companies have about a 2 percent dividend yield, we're at 6 percent. Then you get about a one and a half percent premium for owning stocks. You, you know, over long periods of time, stocks can't grow a lot faster than that. Uh, in aggregate. Well, I, I on Squawk on the Street this week, uh, Faber and even Jim Cramer actually revis- revisited the old Bogle formula, which is just, you know, starting di- expected returns for stocks or starting dividend yield plus the earnings growth rate plus the percentage change in the P.E. multiple. And, you know, earnings have been awesome, obviously, but a lot of what we've seen is multiple expansion. Because remember. of interest yeah, rates. Because of interest rates. And that's, you know, the the predicate for you know these record high stock prices in a lot of instances is just people are willing to pay a higher multiple for a given unit of earnings than they ever have been before and you know that sets them up for uh you know a degree of precariousness in prices because sentiment is very precarious and i think we sort of got a mini preview of this during the retracement you know it was about 6% retracement of the S&P 500 in September and you know, we were on the receiving end of far more than what I would have reasonably anticipated in terms of client calls as a result of a what was amounted to a very meager pullback in stock prices. But sentiment is relatively precarious. And, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to revisit the segment is just because uh, people are starting to become a kiss, a conditioned and acclimated to this idea of grinding one or two percent higher on the S&P 500 every month uh, but the important the important thing and why we brought it up is that financial advisors have become very lackadaisical. They've become very lazy. Uh, you, the retail investor, and we're speaking to a lot of you right now, especially you retirees, you have bombs in your portfolio. And those bombs have been covered up because the market has gone higher. So you, a lot of you have high-yield bonds. Uh, a lot of you have low-grade stocks, preferred stocks. A lot of you have stuff in your portfolio that when the market rolls over and goes down – it's going to go down a lot more than you ever could think it was. And your financial advisor is not doing a lot of risk management. You're not. We're not just talking about Josh's generation and their lack of risk management because they've never done any. We're talking about financial advisors, people that you are paying to do this risk management to make sure you don't have bombs in your portfolio. They're not doing that work because it's been so easy for so long that they've just said, eh, it's much easier for me to go play golf or skiing or whatever it is. So my point to you is, you need to be asking the tough questions. What's in my portfolio? What does it look like? Do I have ticking time bombs in my portfolio, either in low credit, duration risk, a lot of these risks that they're not dealing with. Uh, and we think that, you know, you need to be thinking about risk management, especially if you're close to retirement or in retirement, um, because most financial advisors aren't doing it. Uh, they're outsourcing their portfolio management. And everybody in the industry has gotten very, very lazy because it's been so easy for so long. Risk management when markets get like this are the most important. Remember, 2007 was when risk management mattered, not 2009. All right, if you want to take us up on a free retirement review, we'll take a look and see if you do have those bombs in your portfolio. If you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our assets to get that scheduled, 800-743-0988, or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to tackle some email questions, so stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market trends. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com.
most news, the most traffic, the most weather. FM 100.1 is News Talk 1110, KBND, Bend. Looking for your own place without breaking the bank? Your search is over. Wild Horse Mesa in Prideville offers your choice of two- and three-bedroom affordable apartments. This brand-new community boasts high-end finishes, air conditioning, washers and dryers, and a private patio or deck. Meet new neighbors in your Central Oregon oasis at the pool, fitness center, or club room. Wild Horse Mesa has every comfort of home in a brand-new package. Google Wild Horse Mesa for details. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Auto Network Group is stocked up and ready for winter with the pre-owned SUVs you want at below market prices. We just received over 30 different 2018 to 2019 four-wheel drive and all-wheel drive SUVs with more and more added daily in all years and models. And our easy financing options will get you into the SUV you want. Auto Network Group on Robo Lane behind Target and at angbend.com. I am Mosley Water, and so are you, bringing you a public sanity announcement from the Cosmic Depot. Stop the frantic rush and put yourself in a position of calm repose. Be in this moment with a smile on your face and a light in your heart. The darkness of winter will be transcended with the warmth of love, the kindness in words, and peace in your thoughts. Remain in a place of giving. You have the pure potential to manifest everything wonderful and bright. Live joy and take pleasure now. Give thanks to the air we breathe and gratitude for the water which replenishes our form. May you fill your heart with comfort and may your mind be full of curiosity and wonder. The Cosmic Depot celebrates this mantra with you seven days a week at 342 Northeast Clay in Bend. Check out the supreme collection of exceptional gifts at affordable prices. Gift wrapping is always free at the Cosmic Depot, Ben's one-stop happy shop. Ring 541-385-7478 or check out thecosmicdepot.com for directions. And they're like, oh, I heard you on the radio. It happens every single day. That's Deborah Wattenberg sharing about your care, urgent care in Redmond and how they depend on their marketing partnership with Combined Communications. For us, success is becoming known to be branded and hearing us, knowing us by the radio has been huge for people. Combined Communications suite of radio, digital, and event marketing tools have been growing Central Oregon's bottom line for over 30 years. Schedule your free consultation at bendradio.com. Hi, I'm John Bullock, Executive Director of the Redmond Proficiency Academy, and I'd like to invite you to consider what you need from your school. It's important to have access to your education wherever you are. We've created RPA Anywhere for just that purpose. Our students can combine on-site and distance learning to create a schedule that works for their individual needs. Maybe you need to get back up to speed academically, or maybe you're ready to push yourself and excel in college-style courses. Maybe you live outside Redmond. RPA contracts with Cascades East Transit so students can ride the bus to school. It's our pleasure to get you from where you are, geographically or academically, to where you want to be. With our mid-year transfer program, you can still make the most of this year's school experience while playing sports in your home district. We'll handle all the details. If RPA sounds like a good fit, visit rpacademy.org to apply. That's rpacademy.org. Freedom to be yourself, support to try new things, and guidance as you plan for your future. RPA, education as unique as you are. <coughs> You're 
listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get straightforward financial advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows by going to financialfocusradio.com or download our smartphone app today. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. My name is Tyler Simonis, and that guy over there is Josh Benelli. We're partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Uh, if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, we do a short five or six minute video in the middle and the end of every month. Uh, and if you want it to end up in your inbox, email inbox, go to our website to sign up for that, uh, northwestquadrantwealth.com. And we'll send you our e-news every two or two weeks about, and that's all that we will send you. Uh, this comes from the Census Bureau. This is pretty interesting. I don't think it'll be a shock to anybody, but the median sales price of a new home sold in the U.S. in September of this year was $408,800, a record high, both on a nominal and inflation-adjusted basis. It's crazy that that, because when you think about some of these states like Mississippi and Arkansas, that their average house price is quite low. Uh, the average ho- median home price of being over four hundred thousand um, is is quite staggering, and like we were talking about in the last segment, obviously most of that has to do with what interest rates, right? And so, it it, it is quite again. I'll say I say it a lot. I don't understand the Federal Reserve's emergency policy, where the Federal Reserve is acting as if there is an emergency, yet we have prices for almost everything at records, um, and so. You know, those two, that's not an emergency. When the coronavirus was at its peak, that was an emergency. During the financial crisis, that was an emergency. The emergency has since passed. Like, we've dealt with it. Yet the Federal Reserve continues with the pedal to the metal. And when you listen to Jerome Powell speak, he had his press conference last week. He, I just feel like he's so out of touch. Even though he gets more data than any of us can imagine, I, is he reading any of it? But what he should really do well, is get his boots on the ground and see what's going on in America. I think that it is also important to acknowledge, though, that policymakers are never going to explicitly acknowledge that they want to engineer inflation higher for a period of time to help uh, offset our, our deficit. And that's, you know... The hard part about inflation is it's very hard to manage. You know, because inflation become, can become self-fulfilling. And so, you know, again, I, I say this all the time. The last grown-up we've had at, at running the Federal Reserve was Paul Volcker, and that's who we need there again. It's okay. So what I would say is deal deal with, you know, put us in a recession now. It'll be much shallower and much easier to deal with than the eventual recession that's going to occur because of the bubble that he's creating. Because when you have, when you have higher rates of inflation— and a bubble burst, like there's not a lot you can do in that because you can't cut rates when inflation's out of control. So they're backing themselves in this corner that I don't know that they have a game plan to get out of. And maybe he says, eh, I won't be chairman of the Fed then. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, definitely a, a dilemma in that, you know, I mean, these officials are obviously appointed, but uh, they're making decisions that are going to have political ramifications ultimately because you know, I think we can all acknowledge inequality is a big issue in this country, and it will result in justifiable claim, you know, justifiable calls for political change. And uh, that you're already starting to see the early innings of this. And I talked about it a lot, a lot last week when you were gone, just about the, you know, the your your fair share argument and the way that it's being framed and undermining our competitive advantage of the protection of private property. Yeah, it's it's very. Uh, I mean, you, everybody thinks that 
uh, these people are all knowing and, and and they really don't know a whole lot more than you. And so that's the, the problem is that these the chairman of the Federal Reserve and the Fed in general is making decisions that impact everybody on the planet. And they're really, really powerful people. Uh, and there's not a lot of far more powerful than any elected official, including the president of the United States. And there's States, not a lot of checks and balances, barring the you know the ability to launch a nuclear weapon. It's all a big experiment. Yeah. Uh, real quick, America's GDP is larger than it was in February of 2020, obviously before the pandemic began. But the total economy is down about seven million workers. That's akin to the entire workforce of Pennsylvania sitting on the sidelines. So I think I know why we have such a problem. Uh, the economy is obviously bigger than it was before the pandemic started, but a lot fewer Americans are working. All right, let's tackle some emails. We got an email from Avern G. Uh, Vern's phone number looks like he's in Philadelphia, in uh, Portland. I think actually we know Vern. Uh, Vern says, I'm 63 and retired. My portfolio is allocated 30% to short-term treasury ETF. Are there any advantages to swapping out my short-term treasury ETF for an ETF that focuses on tips, especially if inflation is 6% or so? Thanks for your feedback. Uh, Vern, we actually kind of do a combination of what you're doing. Um, you know, without knowing more about the specifics of the situation, I'd just speak generally to our fixed income allocation. You know, when you look at the price performance of certain tips-related funds, even the short-duration ones have a lot of juice in them, meaning, uh, you know, on days like Friday... Beta. They have lots of yeah, movement. There's, uh, you know, they're subject to... to to sentiment uh, quite strongly, and they've seen an enormous amount of retail and institutional investor flow this year. So, uh, you know, we would complement uh, that short-term treasury position with a short-duration tips fund, uh, or at least we have across our entire fixed income portfolio. Because we, we, well, we did it a long time. We ago. did it a long time ago, uh, and so you know we were early to that trade, but and it's worked out fabulously, and we've got you know a much higher return than we expected when we initially added it to the portfolio, but it doesn't necessarily perform that same risk-reducing function uh, that you wanted to. I mean, the, even uh, September was a very, you know, good insight into, there, I think it was down an uh, excess of 2.5% on the month, which is not something that you uh, would want to see from a fund that you are looking exclusively at as a risk-reducer. Risk yeah, so Vern, what you're doing is you're, is you're, Making you know you're trading safety uh, and downside protection, which I think is what you're trying to accomplish um, for some juice and potential juice in your portfolio. Knowing if you do so, that uh, the price fluctuation of of even a short term tips fund, like Josh said, can be much more than your treasury fund. So if the thirty percent that you have allocated into short term U.S. Treasuries, you want that to be a downside protector, meaning when stocks are selling off, you want something or 30% of your portfolio, if you want that to be holding up or actually be rising in value, <laughs> then that's where you have to keep it. I mean, you you know that the price action in that part of your portfolio has been disastrous and hasn't really done anything, and you know your yield is, is abysmal, um, but that's the price right now that you're paying for that safety. Um, if, if you do move and you have some money allocated to tips, you're making a very distinct change, and it's not that it's like a little bit of a change. You, you know, tips has a lot more price movement, especially in an environment like we're seeing. But if you wholeheartedly believe that you're going to see inflation at 6% for the foreseeable future, then yes, that move makes some sense. 
but know that you're not, you know, let's say stocks roll over and the inflation outlook goes down because we're in a recession, that TIP fund can go down significantly in value. And so it's not doing that downside protecting that you're thinking of. So make sure when you're making that change, if you make that change, you're you're doing it with your eyes wide open and you understand what you're doing because most people say most people say well I'm just buying another treasury fund and it's going to act just like treasuries and that's not true at all just look at the price action over time and so we you know we have that allocation 50-50 but we understand what we're the trade-off we're making the price action obviously for tips has been a lot better than a short-term US treasury fund um but it also is a lot more volatile and it's not serving the same role that that short-term treasury is that meaning it's going to be uh, a dollar today, a dollar tomorrow, essentially. But we, but the other thing is, is Vern, we also know that that tips fund, it doesn't have the same beta as the stock market. So let's say the stock market's down twenty or thirty percent, you know, a really bad year for a tips fund might be down four or five percent, but it's still going to be down. And so you have to have that understanding where your treasury fund, if stocks are down twenty percent. And most likely that short-term uh, bond fund might be up 1% or 2%. Uh, and, and that's what you have to understand, uh, the trade-off that you're making. So over time, it might give you some more juice from a price perspective, uh, but it also is going to create more volatility on a month-to-month basis. And so you have to understand exactly what you're doing. Uh, and everybody has to do that. You know, we make very uh, – cons- when we make these kind of decisions, Vern, we, we understand what we're doing. And not everybody knows, you know, oh, I'm just buying – I'm selling one treasury fund for another treasury fund, and they're certainly not created equal. All right, if you want any part of the show, give us a call, 877-670-7117. Or you can always go to our website, financialfocusradio.com, and send us an email. When we come back, we're going to talk about why basic indexing, meaning just buying a single index fund, doesn't really work all that well in retirement. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 
Well, fall has fell. The indoor season has arrived. Might as well get comfortable. You know where this is going, right? I'm thinking comfortable gifts up to 50% off at Wilson's of Redmond. Comfortable gifts up to 50% off. New sofas from England Furniture made in America. And new lines of fully customized Amish handcrafted furniture from Country Classic Collection on sale. Dining room sets, bedroom sets, over 700 accessories, all up to 50% off. Save big on Stressless, the most comfortable furniture on the planet. Plus really cool Italia leather sofas. Free delivery and special financing. Make your choices very comfortable indeed. This holiday, give the gift of comfort and save up to 50%. Wilson's of Redmond, Wilson's Mattress Gallery, Ben. We've got the furniture and mattress for you. Keeping it comfortable for 59 years. In today's expensive real estate market, it's easy to wind up paying too much for a place to live. That's why Alpine Meadows Townhomes is a smart move. They have washer dryers in the two and three bedroom units, designer kitchens that please, one, two or three bedrooms and approved pets allowed. They're more affordable than all those brand new townhomes. Google Alpine Meadows Townhomes on Northeast 6th and Bed. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. There's an easier place to find affordable housing in Bend. Discover Mountain Glen Apartments and make them your comfortable home. Mountain Glen Apartments are conveniently located with washers, dryers in their two and three bedroom units and designer kitchens. You can pay more, but you cannot get more value than at Mountain Glen Apartments on the corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. To learn more, Google Mountain Glen Apartments. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show, the truth in wealth building. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Welcome back. If you'd like to take us, the team at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, up on a free retirement review, we'll give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. If you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get it scheduled, 800-743-0988, or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com, and send us an email. Uh, so 24% of the outlays of the government, i.e. $1.649 trillion of the $6.8 trillion during fiscal <laughs> that's such a big number, during fiscal year 2021, were payments for income security. Six, six different programs that keep Americans healthy and safe, but mostly unemployment benefits. 12% of the outlays of the government, $515 billion uh, during fiscal 2019 were payments for income security. So um, we've become a welfare state. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Like the idea that um, that Americans have to save for a rainy day, have a rainy day fund, that's not a thing. Like, they, the, Amer- like the U.S. government has said... Don't worry about saving for a rainy day. Don't worry if you become unemployed. We got you. I'm gonna put on. My, We're gonna send you checks. Put on my Stephanie Kelton hat here, and uh, you just gotta print. You gotta mint the coin. Mint money because it's our money, so it's not debt. It's trillion dollar coins. It's it's your money. It's my money. So it's not debt. It's imaginary. 
But, I mean, we've become a welfare state. I mean, there's no other way to put it, right? I mean, when you think about, you know, so we preach emergency fund like my parents did, my parents' parents. Well, like, and the idea that, all of our clients all did the right thing and did exactly that. And But, yes, the U.S. government has, set, has now officially said to the American people, don't worry about saving money. Don't worry about having a savings account if something goes wrong. Don't worry about losing your job. We got you. We'll just send you money. So you can keep eating Cheetos and drinking beer and going skiing at Mount Bachelor and playing video games. We got you. Well, and, you know, you just buy dog money. Yeah. Sh- Shiba Unu or... But, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a terrible precedent. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible precedent uh, for people that now are coming of age, your generation and the generation behind you, uh, to think about. They don't, you know, they, there's always a safety net, whether it's mom and dad or the U.S. government. Yeah, I mean, well, if we talk about why the labor force participation rate is 61 and a half percent, but now there's a bunch of old underlying drivers. One is a massive expansion of the social safety net. Another is, you know, broadening uh, a broadly rich society that we've become. Uh, But our uh, social safety apparatus is starting to look a lot more like uh, the European experiment. Yeah, but we might pass them quickly, because <laughs> um, in some in some parts of Europe they're saying no no mas. Um, a lot of why inflation sparks heated debates is because everyone spends their money differently, so there is no single inflation rate. So we all know that the inflation rate is published, right? Because it's this basket of goods that the, uh, the U.S. government comes up with. But you know, Josh's inflation rate versus my inflation rate versus our parents' inflation rate they they're all different. Uh, your inflation may be very different than someone else's. Then people get angry that others don't see what they see. So, you know, it, that, that's the funny thing about inflation is everybody's inflation rate is vastly different depending on how you spend your money on what goods and services. And energy inflation is very, very taxing on the lower. Uh, yeah, it's very progressive. Lower earning I mean, segments of society. Josh wants me to buy Range Rovers and water ski boats and go on vacations. Obviously, my inflation rate would be very different than Josh's, who drives the CRV. <laughs> but he he rides the CRV, but he wants me to spend all my money on a stupid car. Yeah. All right, let's talk about why basic indexing in retirement doesn't work very well. Now, we are big proponents of indexing, so don't get that message that we don't like indexing. We absolutely think indexing is is fabulous and we know overall really long period of time owning a total market or S&P 500 index uh has done unbelievably great things um but if you retired in the year 2000 with a million dollars and you needed to take out $50,000 a year adjusted for inflation and you invested in a total market index fund you would have run out of money in 2018 if you had a conversely, if you had money in a very diversified portfolio of equity funds, meaning you own international, emerging markets, small cap, mid cap, uh, you know, all up and down the market cap spectrum around the world, um, over that same period of time, and you stay, still took out the fifty thousand dollars adjusted for inflation, your portfolio would still be two and a half million dollars net of those withdrawals. And this this data comes from uh, DFA. So the the important thing to understand there is that, you know, having 100% of your money in equities over time is really good. But if you think about what happened from 2000 to 2020, essentially, or 2018, we had 
two awful bear markets where the market went down 50%. And so when you're taking that much money out of, an, of a portfolio that is down 50%, your withdrawal rate is huge and it has a huge impact on the portfolio. But if you go back to the beginning of the 2000s, you go from the 2001, 2000 through 2002 bear market where the S&P lost a little over 50%, if you had a diversified portfolio that included the emerging markets, that included small cap, that included international developed, uh, you know, the truly diversified just equity portfolio, you actually made money over that period when essentially the S&P and the NASDAQ went down 80% over that period. And you can trace the sort of the chronology of this and why it, you you went broke in 2018 by just taking, and you know, stellar <coughs> equity returns over that eight trailing 18-year period. But, uh, you know, in the early 2000s, you were underweight small caps, uh, from the mid 2000s to the 2010s, essentially, you were dramatically underweight international, uh, and then, you know, you were generating income by selling large cap that you were dramatically underweight in the 2010s through 2018. So it just shows you that sticking with an asset allocation uh, through thick and thin and over market over cycles, entire market cycles, and this is the thing that I think you know, when short termism is very infectious, but uh, market cycles play out over the over entire careers and uh you know it's been it's been painful to hold small caps uh, in the mid to you know mid 20 knots uh, i guess is what you'd call them but uh you know the the power of diversification over time can take quite a while for it to play itself out but this statistic from dfa uh sparked quite a de- uh, debate in the fintwit community but i thought it was pretty powerful the reality of being in, in a truly diversified portfolio is you look stupid most of the time. Yeah there, are, yeah. there are very important periods of time when you look really smart, and usually that's in a bear market. Because if you own a truly diversified portfolio of non-correlated assets, meaning they don't trade together, um, you know, a bunch of your portfolio is going to look really stupid. You know, so in the late two, you know, in the last five years, owning U.S. large cap growth um, feel like that's the only place you need to be. And owning developed international and EM and small caps, you look stupid for most of that time. Um, but if we do have the market roll over, there's going to be a big part of that portfolio that's going to look genius. And that's the, that's why diversification is the only free lunch in investing. Um, but most people have a very hard time sticking with it. And when I say most people, I am including financial advisors. Financial advisors are really bad at building truly diversified portfolios and then sticking with them. And so you most likely, you know, we do these free retirement reviews all the time and we have people that have a financial advisor that manages their money and we look at their portfolios and they don't have a diversified portfolio. These are portfolios that are set up to, to bomb because the portfolio advise, the financial advisor is lazy. All right, if you want us to look at your portfolio and see if you are truly diversified, call our office if you have at least $500,000 in investor assets, 800-743-0988, or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about three retirement mistakes you're probably making. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market trends. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com. 